0: Start with a little prayer, if you would mind joining me. Dear Lord, we just uh, pray this morning, Lord, I pray from my heart, most of all, Lord, that uh, it would be pure and that I would speak your words, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that uh, anyone, Lord, uh, that uh, hears this message, Lord, would just allow you to convict by the spirit lord because your word says there is no condemnation in christ jesus and so we are in christ so we know that if there's any condemnation it's not coming from you but conviction yes so lord we just lift up this morning to you As the worship leader invited your spirit to be here this morning, we want to agree with that, Lord, and we want to thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Arnie Chavez, and I uh, run a ministry called Extending Grace, where we go into the underserved neighborhoods and minister to the children and and the families also. Um, We run programs like youth groups, vacation Bible school, Friday night films, and then uh, we have a new ministry that we've been doing since COVID called Mobile Food Relief, and uh, it's it's a wonderful ministry. It's a privilege to be part of that. I want you to know my heart, because today is a little, it's a little rough. But I want you to know my heart. I'm part of the church. So I'm part of the problem, and I wanna be part of the solution. And when I say the church, I'm talking about the whole church of Jesus Christ. I'm not picking out one church. Uh, I'm not talking about only grace. I'm talking about the unified church of Jesus Christ. When I say that we have failed you know, I, I'm failing too. But I do want to say these things to allow the Holy Spirit to convict and to move in our lives if we have some areas that need to change in our heart. Because God is the heart surgeon. And sometimes we need heart surgery. And not physically heart surgery, spiritually Heart surgery. So I'm going to be teaching on judgmental Christians. This m- and so I'm going to start off with, with my story. Uh, I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. I grew up in the inner city. I lived in what they call government apartments. What they called projects. Um, we used to get this food called commodity, okay, commodity food, and it was a, a government pantry, and you would go, and then they would, give you the, they would give you some food. Now, I was in a situation, my family was in a situation where we wanted to be thankful. We wanted to be thankful that we had something on the table, but I have to be honest with you. They gave some stuff called powder milk and that stuff was horrible. There was nothing good about it. I don't care how much powder you put in, I don't care how much water you put in, it was not very good. Then they, had, they used to have these blocks of cheese, you know, big old blocks of cheese. Almost, almost looked like Valveda cheese, almost but it was harder than a rock. And it wasn't that great either, but it was probably the best uh, that we got. So we made a lot of quesadillas and we made a lot of uh, grilled cheese sandwiches, you know. But we were, we were thankful, we were thankful, but there's no sense in me standing up here lying to you that it was good, because it really wasn't. Now how can you mess up peanut butter (laughs) they used to give you a big old can of peanut butter about yay tall about so wide and it was not good they shouldn't be calling it peanut butter because it was not good at all i'd say about seven years ago i had an intern from estonia okay and uh she was interning here in extending grace and working in the church and Uh, doing what God had called her to do. And uh, her dad said, if you get a chance to go fishing, you better go. So myself and a few friends got together and invited her and some, some friends, and we all ended up going fishing. Well, the gal that went with us was in charge of lunch. Guess what she brought? Peanut butter and jelly. So here I'm feeling so bad because this girl from Estonia wanted nothing to do with peanut butter. Absolutely nothing to do with it. She wouldn't eat it. I said, have you tried it? She says, yeah, I've tried peanut butter, it's horrible. I said, well, you know, it might be different. You know, give it a try. So by the end of her trip, she was trying to stuff peanut butter in her luggage to take back to Estonia. So our peanut butter is a lot better than it is in Estonia. I've never had Estonia peanut butter, but if it tastes anything like commodities, woo, no thank you, no thank you. And then we got promoted, okay? They stopped doing commodities, and then they came out with this thing called food stamps. And we thought we were, had went to heaven. We would get these food stamp booklets, and you'd go to the store, and you could actually pick the cereal you wanted. And you could actually pick real milk. I mean, this is real milk. And so it was a big step up. It really was. But every time we went to the store and we used our food stamps, people looked down on us. The clerk. And if we're walking around the, the store, you know, we got the, we were OK. But as soon as they see us go through the line and use food stamps, we get the looks. And people would treat us different because we were poor. So, that's the last thing in the world that I want to do is I want to be judgmental to another person for any reason. Because I have felt that feeling. And if you have felt that feeling where somebody has judged you and they haven't walked in your shoes, you don't want to do that to someone else. We have to remember when God talks about judging, He, he says it's okay to judge sin, but not People. And we have a hard time separating those two things. We put them together. So if somebody does something you don't like, attitude or whatever, it goes against the person, okay? Instead of like Jesus, when they crucified him, they spit on him, they whipped him. He said, forgive them for they not know what they do. That's the heart that God wants us to have. That's the God God that we serve. That's the spirit of God. That same spirit that rise Christ on the third day and he sits at the right hand of the father. That's the same spirit that we have inside of us to say, I'm not going to judge people, but I am going to say, hey, God says that's sin because we should call sin sin. We should, because guess why we should? Because God does. God calls it sin. So why should we give it another name? There was a time in my life where I went through a period of time as I didn't want to be called Christian. So I was trying to make up another name, you know, believer, whatever. And then I read in Acts 2 that God called us Christians. So... that's who I am, that's what I am. I'm a Christian, I'm Christ-like, I'm in Christ. And whether that's good or bad, that's that's what I am. On some days it's good, on some days it ain't bad. And that's where the mercy and the grace and the love of God comes in. Because without those things, we're nothing. We're absolutely nothing. One of the things that keeps People from hearing the gospel is a judgmental church. The overall church is judgmental and it's hindering some people from hearing the gospel. I don't, I, I'm not proud of that, okay? But when I say church, I mean me too. I'm not proud of that because God says what? He says he doesn't want any any to perish. He don't he's not he doesn't just say only these people are sinners and these ones aren't. We're all sinners saved by grace. Instead of being judgmental, Christians should be discerning we should be discerning because when we drive by that person that says they're hungry or that says they need some gas ask God for his discernment to see if they're just trying to make money or they are really in need and we should be doing that in our life it should be a normal function for a Christian to be discerning and asking God for his wisdom and doing God's will in our life. The worship leader said that God has a purpose for every single one of us. Can you imagine a church that is free of judging Can you imagine if the worldwide church got touched one day and we just stopped judging? You know what God could do with that? Around the world. People would be coming to him in droves. In droves because they would get their eyes off of us, which is wrong. We shouldn't put our eyes on people, but... We do it, and they'd get their eyes on Jesus, and they'd get touched, and they'd get moved. The church as a whole is not doing a very good job of hiding hiding its judgment on the world. We're missing the mark. They feel it. They see it. Being judgmental can get to the point where it becomes hateful. Sometimes we judge others to make ourselves feel better. If you have your Bibles with you, if you would open up to Matthew chapter 7 verses 1 through 5. So verse 1 says, judge not that you be not judged. God's saying, don't judge so you don't have to be judged. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. And you know that I know that there is only one, one righteous judge. There's only one righteous judge, and his name is Jesus. He's the only one that can judge right, righteousness because he is righteous. We take part in his righteous, but we still fail. He never does. So why don't we just let him do it? Why don't we just let him do it? Because he's going to do a 10 times better job than we are. Verse 2 says, For with the judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So if you're a harsh judger, what does that mean? That means that you're going to be judged harshly. And you know... I'm a disciplinarian, I always have been, hope I'm not always. With my grandkids, I try to not be a disciplinarian, you know, I just let them, let them be and try to bless them, but it's difficult. I have to hold my mouth a couple times, okay? So I have to hold my mouth, okay, because I'm a disciplinarian, all right? and when you have natural characteristics just because you get saved doesn't mean that your natural characteristics go away okay i still do it with god and god's people when i was young in the lord i used to try to help god out and i would tell people the truth hey this is what the bible says hey that's sin Hey, okay. And then God showed me. Are you doing that just to be right? Because they're not listening to you. And the only way that you can correct somebody or the only way you should correct somebody is to walk alongside of them so that they know your heart that it's in a good place and that you have their best interest at stake. Verse 3 And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye but do not consider the plank in your eye? It's so much easier to concentrate on the speck instead of the plank when he uses the word plank what comes to your mind you know I tell you what comes to my mind was just a little piece of wood you know in the side of my eye or something but I looked up the definition of plank and that's not what it is It's a very thick piece of wood, and it's at least six to eight feet long. We had one in the back, but it was too heavy for me to drag up here and show you how big a plank is, okay? So I hope you get the the picture. And all I'm asking today is self-examination. Paul, I mean, I'm sorry, David cried out to the Lord and said, "Lord, search my heart, O oh God." He knew he was in sin. He knew that he was doing things he wouldn't he, he shouldn't do. And he didn't come right away to repentance. The first person that came to him and said, hey, you know, this, this is wrong or this don't sound good. He didn't listen to him. So then God said, I know David's heart. I know that he wants to see his ways. And he said, send a prophet. And he told him a little story and he says, hey, that man is you. And David couldn't. Couldn't argue with him. He said, you know what, you're right. And he repented and he asked God to forgive him. Okay? Self-examination will make you a better person. Which is good, right? But what's even better than that? It'll make you a better Christian. I don't care what's happening in your life. I don't care what it is. I don't care what's happening in my life. God is always trying to change something in you. Until the day you die, God will still be trying to change something in you and me. And if we are focused on what he's trying to change in us, we'll be less focused on what he's trying to change in somebody else. So I'm not, I'm not saying you can't call sin, sin. But I'm saying... Let's not that. not let that be our concentration. Our con- concentration should be our own heart. Any question that we get asked... Or anything that happens... Why do I do this, Lord? Why do I feel this way, Lord? All right, well... So this is about as thick and wide as a plank, okay? I couldn't bring the six-footer or the eight-footer up here and show you a plank, okay? But this is a plank, okay? Just much, much, much longer, okay? Now, let me put this in my eye, all right? You know what? I don't see any specks out there. (laughs) If we allow God to take the things out of our lives to see clearly, we are not seeing clearly because we have planks in our eyes. And the only way that that plank is going to go away if you start doing like David and calling out to the Lord and say, Lord, search my heart. Search my heart. So that's one demonstration. I have another one, but I'm going to tell you a joke before that. Okay. So I don't know if you heard, but I think approximately my times aren't always perfect. But approximately two weeks ago a very wealthy man went to space anybody hear about that yeah he went to space okay well he's got nothing on Christians because one of these days when Jesus comes back we're gonna go up in space too all right and we're gonna do it and we're gonna do it for free right and we ain't gonna need a crew okay We're just gonna go up, wherever we land it's gonna be space somewhere, okay? I'm not saying I know exactly where heaven is, but I'm saying it's up, because the scriptures say we're gonna go up. All right, now, I want you to know that this is not my astronaut helmet, okay? It's not, it's to show you something. All right, I'm gonna put this over my head. Now, my view ain't very good in this thing, okay? How's your view? Your view is probably better than mine, right? Because mine's a little cloudy, my head can't turn, and all I can see is what's in front of me, all right? Again. Now, I have a question for everybody. Did anybody see the speck? No, we didn't, did we? We didn't see the speck because it was difficult. And that's what we have to do, is we have to make it difficult. A couple other things. I don't know if you've heard the saying that people that live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Okay, that's, that's good and that's true. If you live in a glass house and God says that all have fallen short of the glory of God, so that makes us sinners. So in this analogy, we live in glass houses. So it wouldn't take but two stones to ruin my whole house here, okay? It is easier for you guys to see what is going on, okay? It was easier for you to see. It was more difficult for me to see, right? But when you allow God to clean your heart, take away that plank, your vision gets a lot better. But it still should always be what's in the tank. What's in the tank? What's in our heart? Okay? Another reason why I put this thing on my head to look silly, all right? Because I didn't do that often when I was young. So now that I'm older, I get get to do it a lot more. I get to make myself look silly. Okay? Okay? I had that thing on my head right and that's an illustration of I was the only one in the house with an aquarium on their head right so what that says is you should never judge a brother or a sister if you have not walked in their shoes. If you ain't walked around with an aquarium on your head for your life, and by aquarium I mean the things that you have lived, then you should not be judging them if you haven't walked it. And you haven't walked it because you could sit here all day long and say, I would do this, I would do that. But until you get in that position, Then when you react to that situation or that lifestyle or that hurt or that physical abuse or anything, you're not going to know how you're going to react to it. And of course, Christ is always the best way. Christ is always the best way. All right, verse four. Or how can you. Say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look at a plank in your own eye. So we discussed that real good, didn't we? Everybody get the point? All right. If not, I can keep talking. (laughs) All right. I think you got it. Now here comes a heavy one. This is a heavy one. All right. Hypocrite hypocrite first remove the plank from your own eye and then you would see clearly to remove the speck in your brother's eye man that's a heavy word don't you think that's what god calls a hypocrite It's somebody that does something okay and then he judges somebody that does And it don't have to be the same thing. Just because you don't struggle with drugs, okay, just a specific sin, just because you don't struggle with that, you can't judge somebody that does. Because you don't know. God is saying, Don't don't judge, let me judge. And then once you've come along them, side of them, you've prayed for them, you've encouraged them, you've told them about Jesus, you've told them what he's done in your life and how good he was when you were hurt or when you were down, then you say, brother, this sin in your life is holding you back. But if that's the first thing out of your mouth, what they're going to do? Click, click, turn it off. And you're going to be talking to yourself the rest of that relationship. Okay? You're going to be talking to yourself the rest of that relationship. you got to be willing to come alongside of them. So, I hate to say this, but we have all been hypocrites. All of us. Because you don't have to do something to judge. You just have to think it. Okay? You just have to think that person is gross or that person is this or that person is that. That's judging. And then your actions will follow and you'll become become judgmental. You'll become hateful and on and on from there. You know, what does God say? If your right hand makes you sin, what are you supposed to do with it? Whack! Whack! If he was into cutting off limbs, boy, we'd all be walking around with a few missing limbs, right? I know I would. I know I would. You guys would see me one week, and then you'd see me in another week. Dang, what did Arnie do? (laughs) Because he missing another limb, right? But he don't. He's so good. He's so gracious that he works with us, with our personality, with our situations in life, you know, back in the day, I'm from Phoenix, Arizona, and I was had the privilege of doing uh, mission Mexico trips. And we would, uh, I was part of the leadership, and so we would go during the week, and we'd get everything ready, and then we'd take the church as many people that wanted to go down to Mexico, and we'd build churches. And so I did this for three or four years. I had a good buddy, good buddy. He was an engineer at Palo Verde Nuclear Plant. So he was a highly educated man, and we became friends. I don't know why he liked me. We came from a whole different background, whole different. Everything was different about us. He was quiet, soft-spoken, shy, and I was loud, told you what was on my mind, and let's get it done. You know, get your hands out of your pockets. Let's get it done. That was me. Okay, so I don't know how we became friends, but we ended up becoming friends, good friends. And I, I asked him to go with us to Mexico on the mission trip. He's like, no, nah, bro, I don't think so. It's all right, I'll take that for the moment. And then I started praying for him and praying for him and praying for him. And I asked him again, hey, bro, you ought to go with us. He's like, I'll pray about it. You know that old saying, hey, I'll pray about it, but you know you ain't going to pray about it, right? I'll pray about it, but you know you ain't going to pray about it. You just, you just want to get him off your back. So he's like, I'll pray about it. Like, okay, all right. So then I went back the third time, a year or two later. I said, bro, you got to go with us, man. It's, it's, it's awesome. So he said, yes. And he went with us to Mexico. And we had to drive 30 miles and this little Pueblo was absolutely gorgeous. And it had a mountain on the top Of the city, and we built that church right on top of that mountain. Okay, it had a roof, it had a floor, it had walls, no windows or doors yet. And then that day, when we got done, we went around and passed out flyers. We're gonna have a church service tonight, we're gonna have a church service tonight, you know. And in Mexico, in this area. Uh, the pastors did a lot of testimonies, so we did we invited everyone in the town and I was surprised there was the, the church was packed there was a lot of people that came i don 't know if they were just curious or what, but they came they wouldn 't even let us use their water to build the church. We had to haul water from thirty miles away in a big water thing so I mean they wasn't like laying down and helping us build this church they was like man don't be putting this that church on that beautifulest spot in town you know don't be building that church here period but we got it done and we had this service okay and it was awesome the worship was awesome and we started doing the testimonies and We got up and testified what God had done in our lives. Some of them started testifying. Getting up, never been in a Christian church in their life. Getting up there and and sharing. But then this little, quiet engineer who lived in Estrella Mountain got up there. What? What you doing up there? Shocked me. And this is what he said. He said, I am sorry. I have judged you people. And I have judged you my whole life. And I didn't even like you people. He said, but I am sorry. I asked God to forgive me and i ask you to forgive me for judging you we are still very 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 good friends today he was willing to allow god to work in his heart in front of people he didn't know and people that he was judging and he got up there and confessed to the lord most most of all but to the people and God did a wonderful miracle in his life. I want to end with a couple of scriptures. Romans 8.1 says, There is no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. Who was with bread that night? Jesus was with him. And he said you go up there and you open your mouth and i'll help you i'll do it through you and he did it let's pray lord we just thank you for this morning we pray that you would continue to bless be with us help us lord i pray that you would continue to have your way in our hearts Thank you, Lord, by your spirit. We praise you and thank you and glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. I have a challenge for you, okay? And this is an everyday challenge for the rest of your life. When something is going on, ask the Lord what he's trying to change in you. This doesn't end tomorrow, the next day, the next day. Let it be a lifestyle. God bless you.